watching Stockwatch with me is Nati Guma and joining me to unpack your stock-related questions tonight are Devin Shute from the Rebe Group and David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. Do send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Thanks so much for your time there, gents. David, I thought that I was in the wrong day. I saw you and I was like, what is he doing here? Or what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's get to <laughs> what has happened today in the markets. Um, Devin, of course, you have seen that rebound uh, across the board. And I'm wondering if we should be taking this rebound seriously or if it's just at this point a dead cat bounce. Look, we'll take what we can get at the moment. It's been a real rough few weeks and even a month or so. Um, it was nice to see the, the resource companies cat, catch a bid after really coming under some pressure. But yeah, there's, there's no doubt global risk sentiment is, is still somewhat tentative. There's you know a lot of lot of dark clouds brewing ahead. Whether it's the geopolitical conflicts, whether it's the interest rates that seem to be staying high for longer, and yeah, I guess you you, you know also the question around economic growth and will that sustain itself in the U.S., um, China, and yeah, very hard to come by anywhere else. So yeah, I mean as as I said, definitely some positivity, but. I'm not quite sure we're out of the woods yet. Ah, um, I mean, just looking at the U.S., um, we did see those Treasury yields are retreating. And uh, David, actually seeming that investors want to get into those tech stocks before the numbers come out. What are you making of this nibbling that investors are doing there on the, on the NASDAQ? Well, we've got uh, Alphabet and we've got Microsoft, two huge businesses. I think there's quite a bit of excitement around the results. And I think if you look at all the big tech, um, I think it's going to define where we go to from here. Um, I, you know, for me, it's a very important period. And if they do beat forecasts or their outlook is positive, I think it just could set things going and, uh, you know, confirm the turnaround that Devin's hoping for. You know, this, uh, in other <laughs> words, the sustainability. Yeah. Um, the results so far have been all right. You know, they've been beating expectations. And I think the gains that we're seeing now, to a large extent, have just been underpinned by, by some of those beats. Ah, all right. Um, well, uh, quite interesting news that came out of the JSC today. We're celebrating, there's a listing, uh, primary health properties. So they have, <laughs> they have a main listing in London um, and they've listed here as a secondary listing. So there is a question here. Uh, PHP listed today on the JSC. They are focusing on health facilities in the UK which are different from the other property counters, which have mostly shopping malls or logistical warehouses in their portfolios. Is PHP worth adding to a portfolio as a long-term holding? Devon, have you been paying any sort of attention to this listing, the second listing this year on the JSC after Premier returned to the boss earlier this year? Yes. Um, yeah, we've looked at it a bit. I, I think it's right to celebrate any listings. We, you know, we had a stage in the cycle where we've had way more companies delisting and, and leaving our, our investable universe as opposed to being added to it. So, you know, any increase in choice there is is cause for celebration. Yeah, this, this, this is a specialist um, real estate investment trust uh, focusing on UK medical um, real estate. Uh, I, I think you've really got to look very carefully at the underlying assets. We haven't done a lot of work on that. 
but but I think that the specialists in this space can arguably offer you know more compelling opportunities than than maybe the more the more general ones as as the viewer listed you know there's quite a few in logistics there's there's some in storage but retail generally does um and commercial i guess really does dominate it mm. historically um medical real estate has been very good they 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 usually have these very long term leases um it is a growing sector globally um and particularly in the uk with the aging population so i i, th- I think my conclusion from it is one one definitely to put on the watch list and maybe dig a little deeper and see what the long term potential is there I mean, I was quite uh, impressed. I did have uh, 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 an interview with the CEO last week. They have an uninterrupted uh, dividend payout uh, track record. Uh, David, is this anything that you've been paying attention to or is it just still too new for you? I watched that uh, interview. um, Well, thank you. The one thing I can't understand is why people come here. You know, we normally go there, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know whether they think that we suckers for all kinds of property. <laughs> we like our property investment. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying to you. You know, all right, let's go down to South Africa. They love this stuff. You know, <laughs> I, re- I really can't comment, but uh, I did watch that interview, and uh, uh, the CEO looks like. Uh, you know, I don't want to say a smooth talker. That's not. It's a competent person who's who's quite well, uh. you know, versed. He knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. But I, I would. My answer is no. I can, don't take don't take what I say with uh, with any value at all. Oh, all right. Well, but, uh, yeah. Kevin, why do they come here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, maybe Devin, you can answer that. <laughs> look, I mean, when you're raising capital, you'll look you'll look far and wide. Uh, yeah. You, you, you know, if you, if you look long term at the the listed property sector in South Africa, it's done very well for investors. The last five years have been absolutely catastrophic. We are starting to see some green shoots, mm. but I, I do think you know, oftentimes other parts of the world, real estate won't be an explicit allocation. Um, it, it will, you know, the equity managers will allocate on behalf of investors, whereas we seem to have carved it out as a separate asset class. I, I'm not sure sure the reasons why, but but yeah, clearly the um, the companies looking to raise capital know that, and that's why they're here. Yeah. I mean, David, just sticking to property, uh, we do love our property. Do you do you love your property? My, my I best mean, subject. Yeah, my best subject. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, where would you be looking at this time with still all these challenges in the macroeconomic environment? Uh, don't, don't talk to me about property. I, I think there's a long way to go. I think it's a long, tough road ahead. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's very easy to say that things are very cheap at the moment. They probably are. But uh, until we get a position where interest rates are starting to come down, I think it's going to be tough. And particularly, uh, you know, the offshore, if you look at Vukili, if you look at Nepi, if you look at those businesses offshore, they're doing far better or a better position than locally. But here I was going through, and I'm not diverting, but I was going through famous brands numbers as well. And they just lay out what businesses go through in South yeah. Africa. There's a whole laundry list of issues, you know, from higher costs to no, to all infrastructure um, um, hindrances. Yeah. So property comes not easy. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it really isn't an easy time. But, uh, you know, you don't have to rush into it. At the moment, you can leave your money in cash. 
or just in bonds or whatever it is and wait for the opportune time where you're going to get the capital turnaround. Yeah. So no rush. Yeah. I'll come back to famous brands uh, in just a bit. Uh, But Devin, uh, just to close off the property conversation, Spear Reit um, also came out with its results today. I'm not even sure if uh, it's because the share is e-liquid, but it did Mm. have a a slump in its share price of 3%. But seeming that it's still, I mean, benefiting heavily from its exposure to the Western Cape. The Western Cape also really seeming like a good place to be as a property counter. Even High Prop about two weeks ago uh, got an extra property, uh, a mall in the Western Cape. Um, do you think that the kind of Western Cape exposed uh, property stocks should be more insulated from everything that's going on right now, Devin? As an OT, I'm not sure. I mean, the Western Cape is a bright spot in our economy at the moment, but you know, it's, it's a province. It doesn't operate in isolation. And, you know, if we are in a low growth environment, I, I think ultimately that does still weigh on it to, to some degree. Um, and, and yeah, you know, looking at the property sector in general, I, I agree with David. The time in the cycle where we're having declining growth pretty much globally, um, interest rates that, that look sticky and higher for longer is really not a comfortable time to be invested in property stocks and so yeah no no rush at all and yeah if you are going to go and be very selective Hmm. um david yeah let's go back to famous brands so they came out with their interim results um yeah i mean the share price was up about one and a half percent assuming that investors didn't really find anything wrong with the numbers as much as of course uh, they have pointed out the challenges in the macroeconomic environment but would you say that they did quite well or reasonably well in this environment what, what took us by surprise was the huge increase in the insurance premium, up yeah. 40%, which, you know, what that does, it just underlines how, um, or underpins how difficult things are, mm. that uh, insurance businesses or companies are going to raise their premiums like that. You can imagine what other businesses are going through uh, in the same way. I don't know. They seem to think it's specific to their industry. I know that... Uh, from a business interruption point of view, those premiums have gone up because of the huge claims under COVID. But still, that was a mammoth um, kind of shock. Um, take that away, the results, I think, would have been far better than they, they actually published. Yeah. But yes, they do They do cite a litany of woes. And I think that every business in South Africa is going through probably the same problems. Yeah. Although I didn't know hate was imported. Well, you know, the Rand Valley, maybe they you know, always thought hate swam on our shores. You know, I thought this was the this was the low of the market, but they did complain that the Rand, that the depreciated Rand had pushed up the hate price. Yeah, yeah, and they also com- <laughs> complained about the potato harvest. And coffee. Which, yeah, and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and now the frozen chips are more expensive. I mean, really, um, <laughs> David, really interesting point that you make there. This uh, insurance cost, uh, when I was reading mm-hmm. it, I thought it was quite scary, th- just the risk that they are under mm-hmm. in terms of like s- social unrest and saying that they, they will do everything that they can to protect uh, their, their, their business. Um, on your side, uh, Devin, what did you make of the famous uh, brand's um, uh, results, but also their uh, expansion into Cote d'Ivoire, Egypt and the DRC? Yeah, I think it's exactly that, as they, they are struggling massively with containing 
costs in an environment where demand is under pressure, um, consumers just have less to spend. It was encouraging that they're seeing numbers of consumers um, continue to gather some momentum, but the you know the average man in the street just doesn't have as many rands in his pocket. So the kind of the the, the meal spend is down, uh, food inflation is up. Um, they're spending more on diesel, spending more on insurance. So really, really or, uh, quite a hostile environment to operate in. And, you know, as a result, make makes sense that they're looking beyond our borders. Um, uh, you know, you want to see the size of those acquisitions and forays. I mean, Gourmet Burger Kitchen, which was supposed to be that transformational deal for famous brands, they probably still have a hangover as a result from that. So, you know, you, we really got to look closely at where they're going. But yeah. I do understand why. And I have a lot of sympathy for... Any company in South Africa facing the consumer, it is a tough time at the moment. Uh, one more question from our viewers today, and then I guess we can close off the show. Uh, just kidding. Uh, I do have to fill the time. <laughs> but uh, there's a question on Impala Platinum. I'd like to find out from our very reputable panelists. Uh, I just did a calculation of Implat's book value, and I was amazed to figure out that the company's book value is actually 3,171.19 based off its current outstanding shares, but the price is the share is trading at 76 uh, 76.58. Is this deep value or a value trap? Am I missing something? Uh, reputable panelist number one, David. Uh, was that me? Sorry, I missed David. Ah, uh-uh, David. <laughs> David. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I be careful of uh, book value. Yeah. Be absolutely careful of book value. You know, I, it it it's uh, especially in a in a company like uh, Impala Platts. I don't think it's. Uh, I mean, if you have to try and value a, a platinum company, um, I don't think you can value it on the on the the books. What, what can I say? The the book value. Remember, there's a huge amount of ore down there that's going to be mined, which you can't really bring in. So I'm no mining uh, ex. When I say mining expert, my mining account expert, mm. but I don't think I would pay much attention to um, you know uh, to the actual book value. I think what you do have to do is try and uh, forecast future production and bring it back to today. If you can do that. You're a genius because it's so diff- it's such a difficult um, you know it's such a difficult industry. Hmm. So I don't you know I, I don't know whether Devon's got any views on that, but yeah. uh, just thinking off the back, you know, just trying to answer the question intelligently, I think uh, just you know rather do other analysis and try and work out um, you know try, try and calculate each different mine and so on. This is not easy, hmm. you know. When I say especially if you're an amateur. Yeah. Devin, how would you look at uh, Impala Platinum? Yeah, look, I mean, I'd be interested to see the calculation, but, <laughs> um, you, you know, the way we look at resource companies is to to look at the supply and demand within those underlying commodity markets and, and, and try to then extrapolate what, what that would mean to the, you know, how much of the metal that these companies could produce. Um, you know, if you look at what happened with, with Amplats today, they really came under pressure with um, you know, also cost cost pressures and water supply issues and all of those things that may not be directly reflected in a calculation like book value. Um, you know, spot prices have been slightly softer, and and that squeeze margin there. I, I think if you look at implants specifically, what what is quite compelling, um, particularly in that PGM basket, is the medium term 
demand for palladium and rhodium. Um, we, we think that is um, probably more sustainable than a lot of the market gives credit for. Um, you know, people are talking about the rise of EVs and that will continue to happen. But, you know, to overtake um, gasoline um, combustion engines, I, th I think we're a long, long way off, even with the recycling and all that that's happening. So, you, you know, I think there is a, a value underpin um, for the metals and demand for that. But ultimately, this is a very narrow portfolio, PGMs, and, and you're in for a volatile ride. So, you, you know, we, we are always cautious in these kind of single commodity producers or very narrow portfolios. Um, and, and you see it in the share prices. So you've really got to be cautious before entering. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you look at the chart, <laughs> if you yeah. look at the chart of uh, Impala Plat, it's heading towards that 30 plus. <laughs> you know, it's it's heading down. It's a very difficult market. And yeah. I think it's been very confusing to the market. The platinum prices, the palladium price, rhodium price, has been, have been very confusing. No one's got a grip on it and can't quite gather why it is as weak as it is, particularly against the backdrop that, uh, the 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 industry is is um, yeah in, in a, uh, making for uh, for the metal for green metal. Sorry, I, I lost my way there. But but I'm saying you know it's it's we under 900. Uh, it's a worry, yeah. and one's got to get to the bottom of why this hasn't performed with uh, you know with with everybody talking about the so-called green future. Hmm. And actually, what happened Watch today? Those, look at those charts. Those, those are not those are not happy charts. Yeah, I know Wayne and I always call the bottom. Ah, oh, no, it's time to call it. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's time to buy. But I mean, each time, each week that goes by, we take a little more pain. True. <laughs> and actually, what happened today? Because um, the Anglo-American stable release production updates was it implants that took the rest of the 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 PGM stocks down with it, Devin. Um, Amplats, maybe? Amplats, so, yes. Amplats, yeah, yes. Com coming out of the stable. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I think so. You know, I, I was kind of alluding to it um, when, when chatting about Amplats. They, they they really did struggle. They they had margin pressure because of the increasing costs and lower spot prices. They've got water supply issues in Rustenburg, which, you know, further talks to the, the really hostile environment that many of our corporates have to operate in in South Africa and dealing with dysfunctional municipalities. So, so, so yeah, again, we, we're in the part of the cycle where it's really a, a, an uncomfortable place to be and, and invest in these companies. But, you know, one could make the argument that this is when the, the value is and you don't want to be chasing them when they're half-flying. So, yeah, yeah um, I, I think that did pull down a lot of the rest. And actually, quite surprisingly, um, the different share price movements between the parent company and uh, Kumba and uh, Amplats. Kumba and Amplats sank while uh, Anglo-American PLC uh, gained about 2%. Was that maybe uh, a little brighter than the rest of the group, David? At the UK market, all, mm. the, all the diversifieds did well, and that's largely because... Uh, if you look at the UK market, it was quite firm today, very solid. In fact, all global markets. So the prices are made there. You know, uh, Anglo's, Billiton, Rio Tinto, Glencore, keep going. You know, all the heavy miners there. The prices are made by uh, in the UK. We just take them. Whereas with the gold shares and, and platinum shares, the prices are made here. So I think uh, the dollar improved, the dollar's stronger. You always find uh, gold and platinum, precious metals go down. Um, so you had 
kind of two different markets, uh, two different mining markets here today. Mm, right. Um, and volume's very low, hey? Volume, yeah, very I, low. I think I'm just looking here. We were at 13 billion on the JSE. So very little trade taking place. And, yeah. uh, you know, when there's little trade, little liquidity, it's very easy to shove markets all over the place. You yeah. know, you can push them where you want them or you can push prices where you want them. <laughs> um, there's a question here. I'm not sure. Uh, well, this is my first time seeing this company, Brookfield Corporation. Um, <laughs> I did a little Google search. Uh, a Canadian multinational uh, asset manager. Uh, any idea from uh, any of you gents on Brook, uh, Brookfield? Buy the share or, or to comment on Brookfields? I think I think there was a news report where they were giving their market outlook. Okay, that's that's where perhaps uh, ah. the viewer picked this up. Okay, because um, it says panel's know, view on Brookfield Corporation. I don't know. Yeah. I, okay. I, I saw the name, and that's why I was. Uh, I think there was comment on, on one of the channels or somewhere in the newspaper or something. Um, All know, right. Just just comment. So, but I have no idea about Brookfield. We'll do a little bit of homework. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you've got to edit the questions before you bounce them on us. Now. <laughs> uh, Devin, uh, we also had a quite interesting uh, results today coming out of Santova. I mean, um, I think for, for, for a while, this, this was a, a favorite. Um, and even today, actually, uh, the share price was up 4%, even though their uh, revenue was up slightly and their bottom line was down by uh, double digits. But also, I wonder if it's not David did say that it was very low volumes today. So if it was just like one investor that nibbled into the stock and then just sent it up 4%. <laughs> <laughs> I, can sent that. I can look it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Please look it up, Devin, while you tell us about your thoughts on Santova. And I mean, if this is a stock that you would go into, even, uh, you know, with the, 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 the kind of pressure that they're seeing right now. Yes, I mean, it is a, is a small cap. And so, yeah, it wouldn't have taken much volume to, to move the share price one way or the other. Um, so, you, you know, the, what this is, is a logistics provider that doesn't own any assets. So it doesn't own any trucks or ships or planes or anything like that. Their expertise is really in the software that provides smart routing around the world for their, their clients to get widget from country A to country B as cost effectively and quickly as possible. And, and that business model um, worked surprisingly well. Obviously, COVID um, and the lockdowns really did put a put a crimp on their revenues, but it seems they are recovering very strongly. Um, my sense is that uh, we, we didn't see too much detail on why profitability came down so much, those headline earnings. My guess is that costs have escalated in the, the geographies they operate in, they operate in Europe and you know many other areas. Um, did manage some positive revenue growth, but yeah, I'd like to see more details on that. It is an interesting business model um, and has started coming into its own, but yeah, clearly not without some issues in the short term. Yeah, all right. Uh, David, your last thoughts on Santova before we go to your stock picks? I, I just looked at, I know Santova mainly for the competition that I run. Everybody goes into Santova. Yeah. I didn't know it existed until everybody started to choose it. But um, the chart looks awful. In fact, there was 4 million rands worth of shares that traded today, 60,000. So it's quite big for a small business. This is a business with a market cap of less than a billion. But if you look at the chart, I didn't, you know, if you want to put it up there, mm -hmm. SNV, 
there's been a massive sell-off over the last uh, couple of months. You know, it hit a peak, yeah. which started back in 2020, but seems to have just come down. Yeah. All right. Well, gents, let... Oh, David is frozen, but just in time because you do need to get to your stock picks. Uh, Devin, what will your stock pick your stock pick be today? But sure. So I'm going to go for a, a localistic company, Omnia. And um, this is a diversified chemical group. It supplies into the agriculture, mining and specialized sectors. Uh, it's, a, it's a company that's been around for a long time, almost 70 years. And in that time, it's really built up specialist IP in, in chemicals. Um, so a big moat to the, the business. It's expanding geographically. It already has presence in 25 countries, but now it's looking for additional strategic partners. It's just done a tie-up with an Indonesian um, explosives company, so that gives it access to their IP and technology. And in the latest financial results, I think we're starting to see the benefit of some of that coming through. Um, they, they showed strong revenue and operating profit growth, really nice increase in the dividend, up 36%. And, and we think offers a compelling opportunity at an attractive valuation. Ah, all right. Quickly, David, you froze there as you were talking about Santova, but we're on to stock picks. Quickly, 20 seconds. I know. I just <laughs> said your, your, your uh, internet is unstable. I'm, I'm, I'm recommending a company called Next Era who came out with their results today. It's a, it's a Florida-based uh, utility, which has come under quite a bit of pressure, but super results. Um, I haven't got enough detail to give because one of the agreements of coming on tonight was that I wouldn't give a stock pick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was just taken off the bench, as Devin said, the bomb squad. You know, so (laughs) I wasn't fully prepared. That's all right, uh, David. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on at the last minute. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time, gents. Uh, that's all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guest, David Shapiro from Sasper for Securities and Devin Shoot from the Robay Group. Coming up, the close. Stay with us.